MMA Gambling Podcast on the Source of Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $500 risk-free bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And finally, we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at UnderdogFantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in the Best Ball Mania 2 contest for a chance to win a million dollars. That's right, a million dollars at UnderdogFantasy.com. And, of course, do not forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or Google Play Store. It is available now, and you can get all of our podcast picks, news, all right in the palm of your hand. That's the SGPN app in either the App Store or the Google Play Store. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome back to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 64. And my rock and roll historian son says that we have to, if it's 64, we have to dedicate it to the Beatles, because that's when Beatlemania really broke out in the United States, 1964. So this goes out to the Beatles, like they don't have enough accolades already. Uh, I would be your host, Jeff Fox. Welcome to the podcast. If you're here for the first time, you will hear a bunch of nonsense spewed out of my mouth and sometimes some good gambling tips, but mostly some nonsense. Um, you can read my nonsense at sportsgamblingpodcast.com, obviously, and on my MMA site, mma-manifesto.com. Um, and if you are listening to us on the Sports Gambling Podcast feed, if you can make sure you subscribe to our uh, the feed for this podcast, MMA Gambling Podcast, that would be great. We... Our new schedule has just kicked in, so if you want this podcast when it's fresh and piping hot out of the oven, uh, you only way you can get it is on the MMA Gambling Podcast feed. The one on the Sports Gambling Podcast feed will be going out at least a day later, um, and every episode may not be posted there also. So, like I said, just subscribe to it, okay? Be a buddy. Do that. All right. Um, I couldn't do this on my own. Actually, that's... Think about that for a second. I probably could do this on my own. Um, I haven't really taken time to think about this. If I did this on my own, I could keep all the money. Only my opinions would be spewed forth. I'd have no one making fun of me when I mispronounce fighters from Kazakhstan's name. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to have to think this through. Um, it's too late for this week, this episode, because I already have my co-host on the on the line. So I guess I'll introduce him. I'm going to have to think about this, doing this on my own. Um, my host is really good. Uh, my associate host is really good. Um, he's a bit of a weird guy, but he steams a really good ham. So that's the main reason why he's on the podcast. That would be Daniel Gumby Vreeland. So I, I'm going to ask you if you if you think you could yes. do it alone. Whose whose picks are you trailing each week? If that's the case, mine. When, when you have a big question mark after a fight, and you just you just wait for that associate co-host to drop his pick. And then somehow yours is now made in in the same. Uh, what, what are you going to do when you're on your own on those question marks? I I should actually see how many of the question marks <laughs> would have been would have been right just going off my 
gut rather than seeing what Dan thinks. So I don't want to hear anything out of you. You're saying bad things with Gary Sheffield before we run on the air. So <laughs> I get you. you. I actually need you on this week because it's a really big podcast with lots of topics to cover. So I'm, I'm sure uh, you have lots of things. It's the, the hottest. That was the hottest weekend in MMA history. We just got through here. So, so much to talk about, right? It, it, like, if we're not having a UFC, though, I will say there was a lot. And there was also, like, a lot of, like, people that – those of you out there who are, like, just fans of the UFC and not fans of, like, broader MMA, like, there were enough people who were, like, UFC washouts or departures that, like, you you knew a little bit of what was going on regardless. That's true. Because you, you got um, Rory, Rory Mack, you got Gleason Tebow, you got Olivier Aubon Mercier. There you go. There's three right there. And then you had Gegard Mousasi. Mousasi. Yeah, Gegard yep. Mousasi. So, like, there, there's four guys who you'd know even if you weren't, you know, like a diehard who follows every single promotion and knows every single guy. Like, if, and they were all decent-sized names in the UFC. It's true. It's true. Dan's trying to sell this episode for you. It's, I pretty much sounds... – that's my that's my other thing, too. Nobody would listen to this if if, if you just – Pooped all over regional MMA all day, and then I, I there was nobody here to make it sound cheery. Or pooped on a, on a like what was the what was the name of that card that you really hated so much, and I just tried to put a cheery spin on it every time. Oh yeah, there was um, uh, the Uriah Hall one, the Uriah Hall yeah, uh, Sean yeah, Strickland yeah. card. That it was really terrible. <laughs> you're you're going to tell me next week's this coming week's is awesome too. I'm sure. Um, are you going to get Are you going to get mad about a co-main event with Clay Guida in it? <laughs> Clay Guida and Mark O. Madsen. That is co-main event material if I've ever heard one. I can't wait to break down, can Clay Guida stop this wrestling, and will Mark O. Madsen get tired? Because that's literally the question to every single Clay Guida fight. It's like, who has the wrestling advantage? Will the other guy be tired enough that it won't matter who has an advantage because Clay Guida just takes over on uh, on just pure will? Yes, but we're not going to talk about that because this – up, this episode's already jam packed with topics. I'm sure you, I'm sure you came to the table with plenty of uh, ideas for topics, right? Uh, I mean, like we we should we should recap PFL and, in Bellator. Yeah, that, those course. are my those of are my course. contributions. Of course, we will do that. But first, my contribution is to do some ad reads and see if I can not butcher them. This one's for WinBet. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports, betting, and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all, all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and parlays. Sorry, not parlays, payouts, but there are parlays also. Are happening right now at WinBet from boosted parlays, there's that word, to in-game odds on every major sport. We have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Rick's free $500 sports bet. Download, bet, and win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. All right, that's uh, I got Bellator on my screen, so let's, um, let's jump into Bellator. I turned it on right partway through the second round of the main event. Masasi was – Salter was trying his hardest to get Masasi down, and he didn't do it. Um, and then shortly thereafter in the next round – Musasi ground and pounded him out, um, and was his typical lackadaisical, nonchalant self. So, uh, Salter won the first round. Is that correct? I take it you watched all of it. 
I mean, like you, uh, you could probably argue he might have. Okay. Um, like, like probably. I didn't see the judges' scorecards. They're not as good at. Um, like I know the UFC now tweets out uh, the judges' scorecards even in a stoppage sometimes so that you can like see yeah. what the scores were. Um, so you don't have to like wonder like ah oh, did he need the stoppage there or not? Like uh, I-, I could see you giving the first round to Salter, um, but like you know close enough that you know that I wasn't you know going through it with a fine tooth comb or anything. But yeah, I'd probably give him the-, the first round. Was it was the first round the same as the rest of the fight? Pretty much Salter trying to. Get it to the ground and Musasi stopping him. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's no, there was no question even before the fight what this fight was going to look yeah. like. I, I even said it on the show that you know the reason I like John Salter in this fight, first of all, was the fact that his odds were ridiculous, and second of all was because that's the type of fight he brings, right? Like he is an incredible grappler. He gets in your face. He tries to pin you against the cage. He tries to hold you down. And he's fighting a kickboxer. Um, so, like, you know, like, you expected him to not have any interest in keeping the feet. And, yeah, that, that's pretty much what it looked like. A guy who didn't want to be on the feet with Gegard Mousasi and a guy who didn't want to be uh, on the bottom against John Salter. Yep. There you go. Uh, anything else really to say about that fight? It was pretty much played out as you expected, despite you picking John Salter. I, you picked him. You, you, the way you got yourself out of that is you were just picking them based on the number of percent. Yeah, yeah. I, I said that that Gegard Mousasi, if, if it was a fifty-fifty odds, you pick Gegard Mousasi all day. But it, at, I think we saw him at plus two eighty or something like that. John Salter yeah. was definitely playable. Yeah, it played out pretty much like I would expect. Here's the the only thing I get afterwards is like, and I feel like we have to talk about this because it happens at every single Bellator card, or it, it feels like it, and it happened twice on this card. Is that the instant reaction from both, like, the Bellator social media accounts and, like, some of the fighters themselves is, like, to declare themselves the best in that weight class in the world immediately after? Which, first of all, it it sounds out – correct me if I'm wrong. It comes out, like, disparaging to Bellator. Because nobody, nobody wins a title in the UFC and says, I am now the best featherweight in the world. No, you won the belt. We assume you're the best featherweight in the world, right? You win the yeah. Bellator belt, or even in this case, defend a Bellator belt, or in the case of Rufian Stotts, like who we can talk about a little bit later on if you want, he declared he was the best bantamweight in the world without winning a, a Bellator belt and like, like then started to challenge or talk about why he was better than the 135-pounders in the UFC. It just comes off sounding like they know that Bellator is second fiddle, even if like Bellator is slowly proving the the gap isn't all that big. Yeah, yeah, no, they they totally have the underdog uh, mentality, but but not in a good way. That they totally feel their organization, and I'm sure a lot of the fighters feel inferior or, or or that they're looked at as being inferior um, but but it's almost like the wrong way to prove it you know what i mean oh like, yeah 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 if if you were out to prove that and somebody asked you the question you just say it but otherwise like like the the best way to prove it would be like musashi going out there and being like can't wait to fight austin vandiford he is undoubtedly you know one of the best challengers for me right now and, like, just saying stuff like that, like, just pumps up your organization. You're interested in fighting the guy in your organization. Whereas, like, every single time, let, let's take Pitbull, for instance. Every single time Pitbull won the 45 or 55-pound title, 
the, the first tweet he'd send out was, yo, Max Holloway, do you want a cross-promotional match? And Max Holloway wasn't even the champ at 45. Right? Like, he's looking for a cross-promotional match with not the champion of another organization. Like, it, it's almost like Bellator needs to, like, just coach these fighters and being like, do you realize what you're doing? It sounds so amateurish. And it also doesn't help that Musasi can't remember who, uh, can't remember Austin Vanderford's name, which is great. And <laughs> <laughs> it also, like, I don't mean to disparage Musasi. There are people out there who are huge Musasi fans. Do you remember I'm a Musasi fan. He's I, awesome. I, I like He's him too, but, but do you remember what he looked like in the UFC? Do you remember a knockout yeah, loss yeah. to Uriah Hall? Do you remember getting yes. submitted easily by Jacare? Like, Jacare just played with his food until he finished Gegard Musasi. Like, and granted, yes, it is six years later and people change, but he's only on a three-fight winning streak, one of which was over a welterweight, one of which was a split decision over Loyola Machida. Like, your run is not that good right now, bro. <laughs> yep. It is true. It's so Bellator. So now you get to fight a guy with really cool neck tattoos and a big eyeball on his uh, Adam's apple staring at you, which is quite distracting. Although I, I, will, say, the eye. Although I will say, Austin Vanderford, like, gets a bad rap. He is actually pretty good, too. Like, I'm, I'm actually, I actually think that's kind of a fun fight in whether or not he walks out to uh, Mr. Paige Van Zant as his nickname again uh, is, is sort of immaterial because, like, I, I mean, like, he's 11-0. and 0. He, He's beaten guys like he's supposed to beat, like Fabian Edwards and... I mean, like, they haven't thrown tons in front of him. But, yeah, like, if if the champ went in and hyped him up, it would do more for the champ. Yes. Well, that's not Gager Musasi. He's No. Uh, <laughs> He's not the easiest sleepy. to promote. <laughs> Sleep, sleepy Head does not, does not play that game. So, um, Your other two bets for – or other two picks for Bellator did come through. You have Pam Sorensen winning. She snuck by. But you got minus 126 for her, which is nice. Then Davian Franklin minus 253 came through. Um, and I said that that was an easy 253 too, and it was an easy. 21 seconds is as easy as it gets, isn't it? Almost yeah. as easy as it gets. So uh, any it, any um, thoughts on either of those fights? I mean, Davian Franklin showed that, like like I said, he he is a hyper prospect, and they paired him with a guy who was 15 and 0. And I, I'm pretty sure I said beforehand, Everett Cummings has fought one of the softest 15 and 0 schedules I've ever seen in my whole life. Um, yeah. and, and that includes like some goofy boxing ones. Cause like th- this dude had a real soft schedule and then they just put him in there. Like I said, Davian Franklin is uh Jackson wink. He's got, I did look it up afterwards cause I, I said it on the show and then I'm like, I hope I didn't get that wrong. He is one of those guys on like a Jackson wink scholarship where they just are like, come train with us for free. We're going to make you a killer. Um, so he's like down there on, on that system. And, and man, he, he looks good. He's like hyper athletic, young, you know, he's a, he's a heavyweight that fills out 265 and looks like he should weigh 265. You know, he doesn't look like he should just drop weight. Like he's just a legit 265. He's kind of exciting. I, I'd be excited to see him against, uh, you know, the, the big names at heavyweight in the near future. Yeah, hopefully they don't rush him too much, but that's not really Bellator's style. I'm sure <laughs> they'll give him some punch, they'll give him plenty of punching bags, uh, as many punching punch bags as as he needs. Uh, you said something interesting there. You said you worry about saying wrong things on this podcast. For real, when did that I, start? I I occasionally when when I <laughs> especially because I did it with like seven caveats last episode. If you go back to last episode, <laughs> the amount while I was editing it, the amount of times I said 
I, I could be mistaken. I, if I'm not mistaken, I could be mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, it was nauseating how many times I said that. So I like that's why you go, never, never listen back to yourself. That's, yeah, that's my, it, uh, it is painful. But I, I went <laughs> back. I went back and listened and was like, oh, like all of these things are true. I didn't have to like give a whole bunch of caveats. I'm just right about stuff often. So, uh, whoa, listen to this guy. <laughs> Listen I'm, to this guy. I'm coming off right a ten and three football. UFC event. I think That's I can true. I can roll it a little bit. <laughs> Two and three on Bellator last night. There you go. Um, any thoughts on Pam Sorensen? She won split decision over Roberta Samad, who I've never heard of before, but that was Sorensen's Bellator debut. Any thoughts on that? Did you see that fight? Yeah, she looked. Did. She looked a little bit like I thought she would. Um, maybe maybe a, a touch worse. But I was actually kind of impressed with Samad, who had some huge time off, and people once thought of her as a prospect. But like, she looked kind of bad in a fight here or there, and uh, she she like looked like what people had hyped her up as like years and years ago. Um, like when when Bellator first got their hands on her, um, and she got smoked by Julia Budd. So. Like, I, I was impressed. Uh, it's really good for Pam Sorensen because uh, there aren't a whole lot of people that they can sell to fight Cyborg right now. And if that is something she wants for her health, uh, that's a thing she can have pretty soon. <laughs> that was like a drug joke you made there, right? You said smoke bud. Are you trying to make like a drug reference? No, I smoked my bud. Isn't that uh, like? Oh yeah, hey, yeah. I didn't get that. No, I. That was a pun weed, that went. Weed's cool now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's been legal in Canada. It's legal for years, up here, right? Now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So anyhow, that's you hit two for three. Uh, not too shabby, and uh, you got good money for Sorensen, so uh, that's not too shabby. Any other fights worth mentioning from Bellator? Not really. I only saw that. No, I, I mean, okay. like Ralphie on Stotts again, claiming he's the best bantamweight in the world. At 17 and one, which don't get me wrong, 17 and one, really nice record, and he beat Magomed Magomedov, who yes, uh, one of the Magomeds that we're fighting. Yeah, and and for people who don't yeah. know, Magomed Magomedov actually very legit. If you go back to 2017 before he got signed by the UFC, he actually gave Piotr Jan one of his losses. Um, he also oh, yeah. lost to Piotr Jan shortly before, so they went one and one. So, and and it was Piotr Jan of you know, four or five years ago at this point in those two fights. But, like, that means it's a legitimate win for Rofion Stotts. But, again, immediately gets on on Twitter or social media and is like, I'm the best in the world because I beat a guy who beat the UFC champion, and that must mean I'm the best. And, like, yeah, but he also lost the UFC champion. MMA math doesn't work like that. And, like, things yeah. change over five years. And also by that logic, like, you know, you, you can you can pretty much make anybody the, the best in the world by that logic. But uh, yeah, like we should do that sometime. That, that would be fun. There, That'd there, be a good used, article. <laughs> there used to be a uh, it it doesn't work so well anymore because it hasn't been updated. But there was like an MMA math website where you could just right, plug yeah, the names yeah, of fighters in, and it would tell you the path you need to prove that like Chris Levin could beat Fedor. Um, and it was great. And I would like, right. I would mess around with it for hours, but the guy who like coded it and did it for like fun, uh, just like left it there after like putting all the names. in. so like, there's no new names. It like doesn't feed off of tapology or anything like that. It just like had a bunch of names in there. Uh, and it was really so, fun to play with. <laughs> so you finally 
uh, get internet in your life, and that's what you spend your time doing. I did. I spent a lot of time on that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, since you claim you're always right, you, you said that uh, Magomed, Magomedov signed with the UFC. You signed with Bellator. Just I thought I would uh, oh. throw that out there. You're not always correct. Sometimes you. No, I said before. Again. I said before. No. Before, before he signed Piotr, with... Piotr Jan signed oh, for the UFC. Okay, fine. Ugh. Take the okay, negative I mark apologize. off you're right. the board. Yes. Boy. <laughs> Boy. All right, um, so yeah, we can put that event to bed. They got another. We also briefly talked about. They got one coming up this week, so you don't really have time to talk about Bellator on the regular preview shows because it's all UFC. But they've got Congo versus Karatonov. Uh, Sergey Karatonov is finally coming back. Former Shek Congo, which everybody was like thinking, how can I get more Shek Congo in my life? <laughs> exactly. So he was. What uh, Karatonov was? He was the Bellator champ, right? Was he I really? Think. Was he not? No, I don't. Um, think no, so. no, no. I'm thinking of someone. I'm thinking of. I'm thinking you're, of another big Russian guy. Yeah, yeah. You're thinking <laughs> who disappeared? Of, he's coming back though too. Um, the one who beat uh, Alexander Volkov. Uh, yeah. Am I drawing a blank now too? Yeah. Alexander, Alexander Volkov. I was at his fight where he fought Volkov too. Damn it! It's gonna come to me. Give me a second. It will. <laughs> but anyhow, he's he's back. Uh, 21 year veteran. Um. He lost five in Bellator in 2019, lost Linton Vassal, um, last fought in uh, Dubai in Paris FC. Uh, MMA, have you ever heard of Paris FC, Dan? I, I have not. I'm actually seeing it, on wow. his tap- I'm seeing it as on his tapology right now, and it's spelled with a U, which kind of surprised yes. me. <laughs> Tells you how bad an organization that is. So anyhow, they're, uh, that's the big main event they're going to get in the Sanford Pentagon in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Have you ever been in South Dakota, Dan? I have not. No, not, not a whole lot of reason to go to South Dakota. You're, you're not helping here, are you? So we, that's the main event. Um, who do you like in that fight? Quickly. I, I don't. It's doesn't like matter. The, it's like the worst kind of heavyweight action because it's like two guys yeah. who slug have no other facet to their game, right? Because Karatano's a former kickboxer. Have you ever seen Shek Congo shoot a takedown? I haven't yeah. either. Uh. Like, both of them are liable to be knocked out cold, right? Like, you wouldn't be surprised to see Shaq Congo get knocked out. And I'm pretty sure, didn't Karatanov get knocked out by, man, who, who did he? He get? got knocked out by a lot of people looking through his record. Oh, Linton Vessel. Linton Vessel. Yeah, yeah, last night, yeah. Who, who is, Belter. who's a, a 205-er, if I'm not mistaken. I yep. think he makes yep. 85 he sometimes. Up. So he's like a yeah. little guy. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised to see either of them get knocked out. If you... If you read me the odds right now, and I'm sure Best Fight Odds have them, whoever has a plus number next to their name, bet that one because it's it's a coin. This fight's a coin flip. Well, let me look it up. And I just saw the name we're trying to get. It's Vitaly Minikov. Oh, uh, Vitaly Minikov. <laughs> of course. Of course. I did um, like that guy. He is good. Yeah. Bellator. I don't know. I don't see numbers for, for it for some reason, but. There you go. Um, and then what? Anything else? Co-main event's kind of interesting, right? Adam Borex versus J.J. Wilson. That's a pretty good flyweight fight. That's a fun um, one. I will also say yeah. uh, I, I think Logan Storley is like a probably a super underrated guy. He lost a split decision 
his only loss is a split decision loss to uh, Yaroslav Amosov, who is the one who just beat Diego Lima for the title and is 26-0. and And it was a split decision loss to Amosov. Um, 29-28-28-29-29-28. So, like, he, I think, is still kind of like a sleepy pick to be, like, maybe the best welterweight in Bellator still. Like, I, I think he might beat Diego Lima with his, like, wrestling-heavy style. So, like, he's kicking off the the or the main card against some guy I've never heard of, Dante Shiro, um, which is, I guess he's 8-2, and two, which is, I guess, something. And he uh, fought a couple of times, once for 1FC and a couple of times for LFA. I guess that's good, but he's probably going to get wrestled in violent fashion by Logan Storley. So that's kind of fun. Um, yep. I used to be a fan of... Um, Marcelo Gome, who I thought was fighting on this. Oh, he is fighting on this. Marcelo Gome is kind of fun. And then uh, who's the other person I saw on here? Oh, uh, Deanna Bennett is like, she's not, nobody's going to say Deanna Bennett is like one of the best uh, featherweights in the world, but she did like beat uh, Miranda Maverick back in Invicta. She's fought Liz Carmouche. She's fought like, she was on the Ultimate Fighter for a little while. She lost to Sajara Eubanks. She's fought Roxanne Modafari. She beat Jennifer Mott. She beat Juliana Pena. She just got one of those, like, crazy long MMA, women's MMA records that, like, has fought everybody. But, like, now her record's 10-7, and 7, so nobody's super interested in her. So she's on that fight card. Uh, that's kind of fun. Yeah, you have interesting ideas of fun, Dan, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've we've heard about your backstory, so I guess whatever you can get, right? <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah. And if you if you really like anime, like you figure whatever, it out. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Dan likes Dan's just like sitting around in the woods by himself. So this that that works, right? Yeah. This this is this will be more in fun than sitting alone in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is super fun. You know, it's even more fun playing on PropSwap. That's the final. <laughs> nice trip. Yes. Brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Football season is about to kick off. PropSwap is here to make this your best season ever. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win. In order to make money, it just needs to improve. For example, last year, Mac Jones was 25-1 to 1 to win the Heisman Trophy, and then by November, he became the favorite. PropSwap customer who bet $100 on Mac before the season sold that Heisman ticket on PropSwap for 1000 bucks. Cashing out at the right time, right before Devontae Smith ran away from the field. Think of PropSwap like the stock market, but for sports betting, buy low, sell high. The average seller on PropSwap makes over $500 per month just listing, listing and selling tickets. And when you're making your bets, remember to go for two and make two tickets on the same team so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. You know what else is fun? Saying Yaroslav Amasov. Fun, <laughs> look at fun name. Look at you saying the Russian name right. Not that hard. Yaroslav Amasov. All right, that's um, PFL. You watch PFL also on Friday? I I did. I I flipped back and forth yeah. with uh, with Bellator, and I'll be real honest. I watched the first round of Ray Cooper, Roy McDonald, and I was like. Nah, I think I'm going to go watch Musasi. Uh, you didn't need to watch the rest of it. It was really bad, right? It was yes. not. It was like, and I think my favorite comment about this fight came on Twitter from uh, Benjamin Abrigo, 
who is a pretty pretty apt MMA analyst who sometimes joins me on the prelim primary, and he said before the fight he was like, who's ready for some Ray Cooper violence with like eight exclamation points or something like that? Nobody, hopefully. And then, yeah, and then immediately afterwards was like, his first response after that was, it turns out Ray Cooper, less violent Ray Cooper, is more dangerous than violent Ray Cooper, uh, which I think is right. Like when Ray Cooper just wanted to fight technical, he was really good in there. It's just like, it's kind of like Roy McDonald when he is really safe. It's really terrible to watch. Yeah, well, he he looked pretty terrible too. Ray Cooper rustled him down. Rory had no answers at all and lost three three rounds to none. So just like. Uh, I'm sure PFL was hoping when they signed Ray McDonald. He is out in the semifinals. Yeah, well, I mean, like, that. first of all, that's a step further than some of their big signings. But at the same yep. time, like, I, I have to ask you this, because I've, I've seen this question circulating around, and I, I'm not sure where even I fall, especially because I didn't watch all of this fight with Ray Cooper. Do you think Rory McDonald is either A, washed to the point where he's not really good anymore, do you think his head is just not in it, or do you think he's just running a competition that might be better than him? Uh, I don't think anyone in PFL is better than Rory McDonald. I, that, um, that's that's, that's me too. I, I agree first with that one. one. Like that that was yeah. my first inkling that like nobody's better. Rory McDonald had like amazing fights with the top level guys. I mean, he beat some of the top-level guys in the UFC. So, like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sold that Ray Cooper is a better fighter. Than, so then what is it? Is he washed or is he mentally not there? It's probably both, or a combination of both, I would say. Look at you flipping the tables and asking me questions. <laughs> uh, but it, he he never, was he ever really in into MMA? That's, uh, I, That's a good I question. Mean, I mean, 100% at all times. Uh, he's one of those weird intense psycho guys but like that can you get burned out on that pretty quick and he, for a while in the ufc he, he seemed like he had enough too wasn't he flirting with retirement a few years ago also i think um, I, and, I know when he left the ufc there was like talk that like maybe he just wouldn't go anywhere or yeah like, you know like, and then he went to bellator and he seemed into it and then yeah then it, it seemed like especially after the draw with john fitch that's when you're thinking after he drew john fitch but got to keep going in the tournament because it was the welterweight tournament. So he was the champ. So they're yep. like, oh, the champ's going to keep going and not the guy who just drew with him. He was like, ah, maybe I don't fight in the next round. Uh, and they were like, no, but like, yeah. but like, you got to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when he was going to quit, right? I remember yeah. now, yes. And they're like, yes, but, yes. but like, also like, you got to. Like, so yeah. then he did and he, he beat Neiman Gracie, which is still pretty impressive. Neiman Gracie's pretty good. Yeah. And then he got trounced by Douglas Lima. So... Yeah, and then and that's when he departed Bellator. He was just out of there yeah. after that. And since then, he he's beat Curtis Millinder, and uh, who was supposed to fight this weekend against Gleason Tebow, uh, but pulled out. And then he sort of lost to Gleason Tebow. But like, even though he won that fight against Gleason Tebow, it didn't make me feel warm and fuzzy inside about where Rory McDonald's career was at. Um, yeah. And then yeah, Ray Ray Cooper kind of took it to him. So yeah, I, I think you're probably right. I think it's probably. There, his, he was mentally out of the game enough that his his mental process and stuff is probably starting to detract from his abilities. Um, yeah. And, and the fact that he, like, doesn't want to be an MMA fighter anymore. I can't imagine you're, like, getting better in the gym every single week if, if that's your mentality. But, 
No. Yeah, it, it's what a weird career trajectory from Rory McDonald. Yeah. From from Canada's crown prince. <laughs> yeah, he was supposed to be the the next great hope, right? Um, yeah, I I think there's a lot of things going on here. Obviously, he's he's taken horrific beatings in the past, also, which uh, physically and mentally is not going to help. Um, help with this again. Um, plus, yeah, I remember he was. Uh, it's it's his newfound religion was one of the reasons why he was questioning whether he wanted to do this, this fighting again. But I, I think one of the main reasons is he's, you see this with a lot of young prodigies and other sports. He's been doing MMA basically his whole life. His first pro fight, he was 16, his first pro fight um, in British Columbia. So like he's been doing this for half of his life already, professionally half of his life. Um, and how you know how long can can you really mentally stay in and be as intense as you need to be to to compete at the uh, at the top of the sport, um, for that long and plus take the beatings that he's taken plus you know have different philosophies on life and and whatnot from when he was obviously from when he was a teenager and things like that, um, yeah so I, I think he's probably mentally and physically beaten down and he's one of those careers where he didn't he had a good career, but he didn't make it to the, the top. He, he didn't quite reach the heights that, that everyone had, had him pegged for when he entered the UFC in what, 2010. So he was, um, what, 21 years old, um, or 20. Yeah. He might not. Yeah. So and, and he, fought, he fought Mike Guyman in his first fight, who like most people probably don't know Mike the Joker Guyman, but then he fought Carlos Condit, Nate Diaz, Mike Pyle back to back to back. Had a yep. little bit of a break with Shane Mills and then fought BJ Penn and Jake Ellenberger and Robbie Lawler and Damian Maya and Tyrell. <laughs> like, dude, this, that Ever run is, it, yep. that's a crazy run. And even Tarek Safanine is, like, a, yep. a tough one. And then he got his rematch with Lawler and Wonder Boy. Like, that that run in the UFC is insane. And like yep. you said, there are some beatings in there. So I got a, I got a Rory McDonald trivia question. So you okay. know his nickname is the yep. Red King. Yes. Do you know what his, his nickname was? When he started in the UFC. Oh yes, I do. What was it? He did, doesn't like. He didn't like he, it. He hated it, but for very good reason. It was reason. like, it was like, uh, like it was started with A, correct? No, actually, no? I think that okay. was his I'm second one. Oh yeah, he had a second one that was like, what was the second one again? Is it Aries? Was it yes, Aries? Aries. What was his first one? This I'm was blank. way worse than Aries. <laughs> I, I can't remember. It was. I'm gonna remember when you tell me. It was Waterboy. <laughs> yes, I remember that now. Yes, Rory the Waterboy McDonald. No, was it from the Adam Sandler movie or was it from something else we're talking? I about? don't know. Like, I don't think he looks enough like Adam Sandler for it to, him to be. It's not a Zohan thing. Yeah, no, the Zohan dude. That is fitting. <laughs> Randy Costa being called the Zohan. Like, yes. dude, he looks a little bit like the Zohan. <laughs> but like, no, like, I mean, it could have been because he's probably the right age for that shit, right? But like, yeah. At the same time, like I think it's just because like when he was when he was new to the UFC, he was really skinny. Uh, I yeah. think he just looked like like people thought he looked like a water boy uh, for like yeah. a sports franchise, yeah. and and like yeah, um, and he hated that. And then he was like, no, it's Aries. And then like that wasn't cool enough. So now he's no, you don't red. get to pick your own nickname. That's not how it works. Well, and, and also like if you get stuck with a bad one, 
I feel like you just have to ride that bad branding, right? Like, yes. I, we talked the other day about the Afro Samurai, uh, Jamie Simmons, who I interviewed. <laughs> yes. He he freaking hates having an Afro. Did you know that? Like, I wrote yeah, an yes. article. Well, I listened to it, so yes. He, yeah, he hates having an Afro. He likes his hair short, but he's just like, well, I got this nickname now, and he just rides it and has an Afro now. So, I, I mean, I don't think you have to change your physical appearance to match it, but, like, once that nickname's there, like, it, you just hang yeah. on to it. The Phenom is still the Phenom, Vitor Belfort. The Prodigy is still the Prodigy, BJ Penn. It doesn't yeah. matter that they're 40 and have traumatic brain injury. I feel like what you just said um, relates to what Roy McDonald feels about MMA. He's like, ah, I'm an MMA fighter, so I guess I got to fight, you know. Yeah, I guess I'm stuck with it. I, I, that that maybe sums it up perfectly, just like how you might be stuck and you have to write out a nickname. I it, I, it's almost like it's an obligation now uh, for him to fight. So maybe that's it. Maybe he's done. Do you think that, he's that, done? That was kind of what happened. Am I wrong, though? Is, is that not kind of what happened to GSP? Yes. Like, G, yeah. GS, GSP kind of felt that same way. He burned out, came back for a fight one, and then they couldn't even entice him to defend that title, right? Like, he, he had, like, what probably would have been a pretty exciting fight on the docket with Robert Whitaker, and he just walked away from that, and... I mean, like, could you imagine if he was still, I mean, if he stuck around for a year or two and wound up defending against Israel Adesanya, it would have been huge for one of their careers, right? Like, wouldn't that have been a huge feather in Izzy's cap to take the belt off of GSP or something like that? Like, GSP had a bunch of big money fights left, and, like, it just didn't excite him. He's only into dinosaurs and, and uh, <laughs> yes, what's, what's that quote? The dinosaurs, aliens. the aliens. and women, maybe? In a, in a, a a woman's touch or something like that. <laughs> something three things scary, excite yes. me. Three things yes. excite oh, me. Oh, violence. Violence in the, the violence of the octagon, of women, of course, and dinosaurs or something like that. And Or like women, of course, came third or something like that right after the violence of the octagon and dinosaurs. <laughs> yes. All right. There's three things in life that excite me, he told Ariel Hawani. There's a woman, of course, dinosaurs, and the violence of the octagon. Yeah, oh, yeah the violence, but violence of the octagon comes after women and dinosaurs. Exactly. So, like, yeah, 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 like, like that shows you how much he liked it. But he, but, but, but to my actual point here, he was kind of out of it mentally, but was so good he could stick around. Whereas, like, Rory yeah. McDonald doesn't have that luxury, right? Like, he's not that much better than the next guy, or isn't as crazy driven in the gym for fear right. of losing like GSP was. Because GSP has said he was like so afraid of losing, he had to kill himself in the gym so that that wasn't an option. And, and maybe that's just not Rory. No, and he didn't get destroyed in a bunch of fights like Rory has. Um, one one punch he, from one punch from Matt Sarah is pretty much, yeah, it. pretty much it. Yeah, so it's us. It's once again weak-minded Canadians, you know, uh, <laughs> qu- quitting on their sport. So um, this is maybe a good aside also. It, I hate to say it because it's it's um, fun to bag on the UFC and their matchmaking and their uh, personnel decisions, but it just seems to be another case of the UFC. They seem to always know when the right time is to let this weekend prove it again. Ray McDonald, bye bye. Um, earlier on, they had Showtime Pettis didn't even make this this uh, part of the playoffs. Um, UFC let him walk. It, it seems uh, Demetrius Johnson, Eddie Alvarez. They seem to always know when to cut ties with. With the fighter, um, it, even though like we'll like stop and scream about them cutting John Fitch or or Yushin Okami, but it, they proved to be right. Um, 
Now, I don't know if this is a chicken or, or an egg thing, whether the fighters are worse because they're not in the UFC or because uh, or or they were going to be bad, and that's why the UFC cut them. But um, they seem to always know when to cut uh, a fighter. Um, I can't really think of any fighter that left the UFC and actually became better. Ryan Bader's a champ, but I don't think he's really better. He's just fighting lesser competition. Can you think of anyone that is an exception to that, or, or do you disagree with that? I think Ryan Bader probably did more for his personal brand having left. Right? Yeah. I, th- I think that worked out for him. Um, so I'm going to say one name that I think is actually doing better and looks better now that he's out of the UFC, and that's um, Arjun Buller. Uh, but I yeah, think but the UFC didn't cut ties with on him. the margins. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think well, he's he's a one FC champ now, is he not? <laughs> oh yeah, that's the biggest promotion in the world. That's right. Yeah, he he did beat Brandon Vera for it though too yeah. though, so it's no, like not not a bad loss. Yeah, or not a bad win. Years ago, yeah. Yeah, um, but, but yeah, that was yeah that was his his decision. You're right to watch. Yeah, um, it was his decision. Yeah. They didn't cut him. And here's the other question I will say because I, I actually struggle with this question when we're thinking about these people who left the Roy McDonalds who kind of petered out the. You know, the, the Anthony Pettis's who had a tough time with Clay Collard and Rosh Manvio and, and all of these guys. Like, my question is, is it is it that they lost a step leaving the UFC? There's less motivation. They think they're going to steamroll people. Is it a mental training? Or is this like, is this a way of knowing that, like, the difference between a UFC fighter and an outside the UFC fighter on some of these larger organizations is maybe just not that big? And the problem is we can never know. Right, like right. Th- there's there's never going to be something that like clearly shows us because the UFC never signs any of these guys unless they're like the super champ of that organization, right? Like if the UFC signed Ray Cooper the third, we we wouldn't be shocked, and then like we wouldn't actually be able to tell if Rory McDonald is still got it or not. Like anybody Rory McDonald beats, the UFC is not touching. So it's like a weird weird thing where you can't actually know if this is just like proof that they're they're good guys outside of the UFC that could beat some of these top UFC guys or yeah maybe the the motivation factor and like the mental aspect of being like well I'd beat a bunch of UFC guys I can beat these guys maybe maybe that's it I, I don't know yeah. it, it's hard to answer that question though you know it is and there is no answer obviously for it um but you I don't think you, you really can name one um release that it blew up in the face, really. Arjun Bowler's not really uh, not blown up in the face. Ryan Bader's not blown up in the face. More often than not, it makes they end up looking smart. So yeah, they, um, there's nobody who, if you asked the UFC management, and I won't even say just Dana White because Dana White's like a spiteful dick. So like, yeah, if you ask anybody out there, like in the UFC management system, like it's there one guy you would pull back. Like if you could if you could get a mulligan and just say we're just kidding we actually still have the rights to that guy, I don't know that there's anyone they think that about. No, you know, no. and no. and I in, not in cyborg. Like, um, yeah, no, there's no one. Like, I mean, like not... cyborg looks good still, but here's the thing I will say: like uh, she's always been a fighter in a division that is not well developed because people people rag on the UFC for not making a featherweight division. There is a low number of highly competitive women's featherweights. Like, and like, it's spread over multiple organizations, organizations at this right. point, too. So here, yeah, it's, women's it's atom weight is 80,000 yeah. times that. better. <laughs> yes, it's 80,000 times better than women's featherweight. And I know everybody's like, if the UFC is going to commit to a featherweight division, they need to... 
they need to just cut that featherweight division right clean out, use whatever money they have invested to keeping that picture up on their website, and build <laughs> build a women's atomweight division because, like, it would be way better. So, yeah, like, you're right. Cyborg feels like one of the ones who they were like, if we could have Cyborg back, it would be pretty nice because I think they did want Cyborg, but they also wanted yeah. Cyborg to sound, sign a massively long contract so that she could never get out of it and she would constantly just be fighting Holly Holm and Amanda Nunes on loop. Uh, and she was always going to fight for her worth, and she's getting more in Bellator than the UFC ever would. But I'd say maybe her is the one they would want to redo the most. But even her, like, it, it's not like Bader was is putting people in the seats now, is he? Nope. No. And I'm, Cyborg was too much of a pain in the ass for the, for the or, or her management was too much of a pain in the ass, too. So I'm sure they don't want to do over there either. So, yeah, there really is no fighter that you can think, well, they screwed up there, so. It would be nice though to <laughs> it's nice to to rag on the UFC, but no. Um you mentioned them signing Ray Cooper, but right? no chance he's gonna sign with them because he's going for a million bucks in his next fight and UFC is not paying him a million bucks. They're not paying many people a million bucks. Do you think he's going to get it? He's fighting Magabed Magabed Karamov, one of the Magabeds. Uh, what do you think about that? He's pretty good. Um I mean Ray Cooper's proven me wrong at whole bunch of times so you know i i thought he was gonna lose way back when to david mishad because he, he's already won a million right am i wrong about that he, he uh, won the, oh did cooper win one already? He, in 2019 i think and he was they didn't have welterweight in 22 oh no they didn't have a season at all in 2020 um but yeah he he beat david mishad in the finals in in 2019 so he wow, already has a million guy. he already has a yes. million from them now i i could be wrong about this too but i interviewed was it lance palmer Lance Palmer yep. won in the PFL title, right? At he one did. Point in time. Yep. So it must have been him that I interviewed then. So otherwise, that's a really weird name to just come up with and pretend I interviewed. But he said after you win the million bucks, there's a clause in there that if they want to bring you back for the next season, they get to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, in order to to make it to the UFC, he would have to lose the million. Um, and then they would have to see him as enticing enough to sign to one of their – crappy contracts um, 10 and 10 10,000 to start guys I think I think he could, I'd say this I, I think with a million dollar PFL the fact that he just beat the hell out of Roy McDonald I'm not saying he could get you know like the type of money Sage Northcutt was getting when he first got signed because wasn't he on like he was like a flat 80 for his first fight or something like that yeah because he was just still not a million dollars though because he was pretty yeah because he's pretty but I think like I think you could probably say Ray Cooper could talk him into like forty five, forty five, or fifty fifty. Still not a million dollars, though, right? It's that's, still that's not the a crazy million. thing about it. It's still not a million dollars, no. but I I also think this this like season format. It, I don't think it's for everybody, right? Like no. his fight with Magomed Karamov is in October. That'll be yep. his fourth fight in six months. Yeah, which you got to stay healthy and lucky. Yeah, and that, that includes a fight with Rory McDonald, and and like he right. did the same thing. I mean, in 2019, he fought – I'm looking right now at PFL's 2019 schedule. He fought five times in seven months. So, like, I mean, like, I could see him trying to get out for a, a lesser, easier schedule, especially if he's already got the million. Like, it's a little bit – I mean, not that no anybody wants less than a million, but, like, he, he, he uh, he's got that banked. Maybe he does want to pursue bigger things. 
to put a bow on PFL 7, uh, Dan picked Roy McDonald. He lost. Dan picked Alex Martinez. He lost. Dan picked Clay Collard. He lost. Clay, Clay Collard won, though. That's, that's the thing, oh, yeah. though. Yeah. Clay, Clay, Clay Collard. He didn't. Oh, know. here we go. Revisionist history. No, no. Did you watch the fight, though? No, I didn't see that. Let's see if MMA decision has anything to say about that. I don't know. If they, in. I don't know if they do PFL, but there's no way. Yeah, they do. They do Let's do PFL. He lost twenty. He lost, officially he lost twenty nine, twenty eight, and all in scores. There's no media scores. <laughs> Boo. There's no. Oh, media. you're wrong. I mean, okay, but, you're wrong. But look at the fan. So look at the what? fan voting again. <laughs> Fans don't know anything. Oh, there's only 17 people. 17 people voted, but all 17 of them gave <laughs> Howard the first round. And it looks like 11 of them gave him the second round. So it, it's pretty clear that Collard won rounds one and two. There you go. There you go. Right. I'm saying yep. I'm saying he comfortably won rounds one and two. PFL's back, though. It's back this Thursday with Kayla Harrison in the main event against... Jenna Fabian, who I know nothing about, but this is the uh, women's lightweight semifinals. Um, and then we got Larissa Pacheco versus Taylor Guadarda. Guadardo? Guadardo. Pacheco was, in, Pacheco was Pacheco. in the UFC for a second. She was. Yeah. yeah. And then we also got the heavyweight playoffs with a bunch of names I've never heard of, which is, I'm sure, exactly how the PFL hoped it would happen, mm. eh? Um, Bruno I mean, like there's, there's a couple of good ones in there. So D- Jamel Jones, uh, yeah. who is a he's, – so he's fighting at heavyweight in this, but he fought at light heavyweight on Contender Series. He got knocked out by Mike Rodriguez with a flying knee, um, and he's real legit. And I actually think that Dennis Goltsoff is the one they want in the finals. Like, I, I think he's, yeah. like, legitimately probably, like, a top – 10-ish heavyweight, although he does have some, like, one weird loss in the PFL, like, back in 2019, but, like, he he's pretty legit, um, he's fun to watch, he's got wins over guys you've heard of before, like Jared Rochelle, so, um, yeah, he's good, and that, uh, the guy he's fighting, too, Ante Dalia, I, I'm, he, his name was, like, tied to the UFC for a really long time, and then it didn't work out, like, he wound up in PFL, and, or, uh, not PFL, uh, KSW before he was in PFL. And another UFC cast-off for Bricio Verdum, not in the finals. So there you go. That's a, another another one that's not going to – well, but that's that was a, obvious. It's that one sort of because of the, yeah. like, really weird yep. tap-out heat. Like, he should – I mean, like, he should and shouldn't both be in the finals because he got that, <laughs> yes. like, weird tap-out and it didn't work out, and then it did work out, and then it didn't work. Yeah, like, craziness. But yeah. go back and watch his fight with Henan Faria, who is also fighting on this card. Yes, yes it's true. Uh, let me tell you about Paramount Plus, everybody. Summer soccer continues on Paramount Plus. We stream over 2,000 soccer matches a year from around the world. That's all the heart-pounding drama from CBS Sports, including UEFA Champions League, Europa League, Italy's Serie A, Argentina's Primera Division, the Brasileiro, NWSL, the Asian Football Confederation, and the CONCACAF qualifiers, featuring the stars of U.S. and Mexican men's national teams, plus much more. It's the best of the beautiful game with all the beautiful names like Messi, Mbappe, Ronaldo, Rapinoe, and Pulisic. Be part of the excitement as champions are crowned and history is made. The world's game lives here on Paramount+. Plus. Visit ParamountPlus.com to start your free trial and stream every match live. Speaking of world, we got a listener question all the way from Turkey. Can you believe that, Dan? We have listeners in Turkey. I Yeah, that's sort of surprising when you told me that. Yep. You shouldn't be surprised. We're worldwide. All right. Um, this listener, I won't say your name and try to butcher your name on here. Um, 
generally he wants to know our thoughts on Brock Lesnar, if he actually got into the sport like in the infancy or in the heyday of the heavyweight division, like late 90s, early 2000s, if he got into the sport back then and actually committed to MMA, um, like, you know, with a top camp, working on his striking, all that type of thing, uh, how do we think he would do against the Nogueras, the Fedors, the Fabrizio Overdooms, um, those those type of people. We're assuming he got in in its infancy and didn't sign with the UFC, right? Because the UFC, he would have steamrolled the UFC's heavyweight division. Okay, well, (laughs) let's let's, let's start there. Let's start there then. Fine, yeah. I mean, he would have. He did. Yeah, like, he did anyway, right? Like, he did go in and, like, beat up a lot of those relics. But also, like, yeah, if he had gotten in earlier, would he have had any problem beating Tim Sylvia? No, he wouldn't have had any problem beating Tim Sylvia, especially because, like, under this assumption, right, we're saying he had longer training, right? Like he had more training yeah. than he did. And I, he I, I think he had, it, yeah. yeah, well, and I think he committed to it more than I think people get. I, I think that's like a narrative that's not really all no. that correct, right? Because like people say like, oh, if only he, no, like he was always training wrestling with people, even when he was doing fake pretend wrestling or whatever I'm supposed to, what am I supposed to call it instead of fake pretend wrestling? Entertainment uh, professional, wrestling? Dan. Oh, sports Perfect. entertainment, yes. Sports they entertainment. make movies. They so make he, movies, pal. If he wasn't doing sports entertainment uh, all that other time, like, he would have dedicated more time to actual wrestling. Like, he was always wrestling. Like, if you look back, there are, like, clips of him, like, training in the the Minnesota wrestling room even when he was with the WWE. So, like, he, he always had that training in his back pocket. Oh, you're right. If he committed to the striking a little bit more, I'm not sure he would have ever been a quote unquote striker, but it would have been better. And like, he, look, he didn't need his striking to beat Tim Sylvia. He didn't need his striking to be probably a prime Andre Arlovsky. He probably still gets caught in submissions from Arlovsky and Frank Mir and like the good jujitsu guys of that time. But like the UFC didn't have a lot in their heavyweight division in that era. Like remember Paul Buenatello had a freaking title shot. Uh, he only lasted like 59 seconds, but like that dude got a title shot. So, I, I mean, like the names that were mentioned there, though, I'm assuming all pride guys, right? Like we, we got yeah, the okay. era yeah, and Fedor. Yeah, the names he mentioned are the Smashing Machine, Mark Kerr, Mark Coleman, Mirko, Krokop, Big Nog, Fedor. How, how do you think he would do with guys like that? So if we're assuming he like dedicated, like he left college and started training MMA and never went to – to WWE or only went yeah. for a little bit and then like really like dude he's a genetic freak right like that's the oh, thing yeah. he still that's, is and he's that's old the thing, right that's the thing about him now the beauty of pride was is that those contracts directly said in them that they weren't going to drug test you so like you can say that all of his physical attributes stayed around right like you wouldn't have to worry about him being USADA tested or anything like that so yeah man I I, I think he Man, it's so hard to say that, like, somebody would have beat a prime Fedor, right? Like, that, that's a hard sentence to say. Um, but, like, the, the thing about Fedor is, is, like, Fedor put himself in some bad situations a lot, right? Like Every every fight, basically, that's what yeah, made it so fun. <laughs> yeah, like, he got dropped on his head once. Like, even that fight where he knocked out, is it Affliction, where he knocked out uh, Andre Arlovsky? Yep. Andre Arlovsky hurt him. Yeah, he was in the corner, basically hurt. Arlovsky jumped uh, into the like, finish in, in MMA history. Yeah, and he got <laughs> – <laughs> that must have broke your heart, Dan. It did a lot, a yeah. Cold cock. Yeah, but um, I, I think I, the main mm, – I think b- b- back to my point about Fedor always being in a bad spot. Like the thing about being in a bad spot against 
Brock Lesnar is you don't get out of that bad spot, right? Like you're, no. you're in it until the round ends. And, you know, depending on which era of pride, we're, we're talking about 10 minute first rounds. He's got you down in the first 30 seconds. Nobody's surviving nine and a half minutes of his ground and pound, right? Like No, those hands ahead are insanely right. huge. So you got to assume that he just makes good style matchups. Now, again, you know, back to sort of my original point, I think depending on how we're talking about his training, like if does he have a jujitsu black belt? Like we can go down a lot of what if rounds, but like yeah, with the the career trajectory we saw him on, I think he still gets subbed by guys like Big Nog or like Fedor catches an armbar off his back or you know Verdum works a triangle. Like some of the guys in Pride were experts uh in the the ground game and in you know like the the best jujitsu guys in the world so yeah like i think he could probably still get caught a bunch of times in there i'm not saying he's like 30 and 0 at the end of his career but i i think he smashes a bunch of people in like some pretty shocking fashion in a lot of those fights and loses some surprising ones but yeah i, I think he probably would have been a you know top five guy of all time. We're probably talking about yeah, him on the that was the what you was asking also. Was yeah, the, we're, we're probably talking about him on the heavyweight Mount Rushmore, right? And like yeah. some people still do. You know, like and, and yeah. I don't I don't think that's right. Uh not super crazy though. It's it's not out of the realm of possible because like who else are you gonna put on a heavyweight Mount Rushmore, right? Like Fedor mm-hmm. is obviously on it. Then who? Then who then who is then who is obviously on it? Because like you could say, well, Stipe beat DC two out of three times, but who else did DC beat at heavyweight, though? Josh Barnett, Roy uh, Nelson, Derek Lewis, Derek Lewis. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, it's not a bad list, but like, if we're telling him he's the greatest of all time, it doesn't look a whole lot better than beating Shane Carwin, Frank Mir, Randy Couture. Yep. Yeah, plus the way he was beating people too. Was, it was, was devastating, insane. right? Yeah. yeah, and like people even his and even his losses, like the yep. I mean, like the the Overeem loss looked kind of bad, but that was after having diverticulitis and getting kicked in the the diverticulitis. So, um, I and, don't think you can get kicked in your diet, but okay. No, it's it's an it's, it's an infection of the small intestine. Just it is fun fact for people. Uh, my it dad is. had diverticulitis. Looks much, no way. Yeah, he looks much less like Brock Lesnar uh, than oh. people might imagine. But uh, yeah, had the same thing, uh, which is why I remembered it was diverticulitis. Um, yes. But like, yeah, yeah like, he, he got big chunks of his intestine taken out, and then he came back to the UFC and fought. Uh, Overeem, a so really yeah. good kicker who kicked him in the intestines. Like, exactly. yeah. <laughs> um, but like, if, if you can write that one off, like, I mean, he got caught in a leg lock against Frank Mir after being stood up when he shouldn't have been stood up, right? Like, yeah, he was throwing him. Yeah, and like, so like, his career is crazy, man. And even like, even the win over Heath Herring, who people thought was going to be a big deal in Pride, is like not nothing. Um. So, yeah, like, I mean, if you're making a heavyweight Mount Rushmore, he might already be on it. I mean, like, my heavyweight Mount Rushmore has, uh, probably has Fedor. It definitely has Big Nog, because I think people sleep on Big Nog's career way more than they ought to. And then, like, maybe Stipe? Yeah. Uh, and, and, like, Brock might slot in there, and that might sound sacrilegious, but, like, Man, dude, his uh, his accolades in a short period of time, and like you said, the way he does it, uh, it's crazy. 
Yeah. Plus uh, Verdum, I think someone who gets slept on a bit. Oh yeah, Ver- yeah. Verdum's up there too. That's true. Mm-hmm. I-, I might slot Verdum in there instead of even Stepe. I might slot him above Stepe. He has yeah. a win over Stepe, right? Yes, he's beaten everyone. That's the thing. He's he's beaten everyone. Um, oh no, yeah. Bob's. No, no, J- JDS is a win over Stepe, right? Right. Okay. Over over and got his head bounced off the floor like a basketball. Yeah. Just need to correct that so I don't have any negatives on my marks. <laughs> I think we're forgetting about Bob Sapp. What about Bob Sapp? Is he like twelve and forty now with all the dives he takes? <laughs> I think so. Um, I, I think putting a bow on the Overeem, not Overeem, uh, Lesnar thing. I think the main problem with him is he never got comfortable with, with getting hit. Um, no one ever. Well, some cycles like getting hit in, in MMA, but um, he never seemed to react well or get used to getting hit, and that does not. That does not um, does not bode well for for your future in the sport, especially in the in the heavyweight division. Um, yeah, he, he seemed never comfortable. Uh, like we're we're saying, working on his striking. I think more his defensive striking was more important than him actually striking striking. Because like I said, I think his main problem was uh, not reacting well to getting hit in the face. Yeah, that's that's true, and that's like a whole other wrinkle in this question too. Is like. Do yeah. you do you think that he would have figured that out, or more time in the sport would have helped that? Like more time sparring, more time like, and that's a tricky question. I mean, all of this is a mm-hmm. tricky question, but like, you know, if you can assume his jujitsu would have gotten better because it was already getting better, the arm triangle on Shane Carwin is is right up there. Is one of my favorite yep. heavyweight submissions. So, um, in a crazy fight. Um, but like, yeah, like you could have assumed his jujitsu was going to get better. He, he was going to blend his wrestling takedowns. He was going to add wrinkles to his striking, but like you, you can't know whether or not one touch to his nose was going to make him crumple like a, yep. a flower in the summer. Like, you know, like he just, you never know. So poetic crumple like a flower in the summer. <laughs> what a poet you are. Um, Let's, let's tell you about Underdog Fantasy while it's in front of me here. Make sure you head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a free $25. And then you can use that 25 bucks to sign up and try to win a million dollars that they're giving away. So head over to Underdog Fantasy, download the app, underdogfantasy.com, check out the million-dollar promo, and make sure you use promo code SGPN to get free a free 25 bucks. And make sure you download our very own app if you haven't already. The SGPN app is now live in App Store and Google Play. The app gives you easy access to all our picks, podcasts. You can get notifications every time a podcast drops. You can get um, all of our news stories and feature articles on our website. We're currently running out uh, NFL previews every day until the starting of the season, 32 uh, NFL previews every day. So one a day. We're, we're still on the on the bad teams, but we'll, we'll get to the good teams soon. But uh, it'll tell you uh, gambling and fantasy advice for, uh, specific for that team, so make sure you check that out. And when you do download our app, make sure you give us a review and tell everybody how amazing we are. All right. Uh, did you watch any other fights over the weekend, or did we cover everything important? I'm sure you I, watched something else. I think we covered all that's important. I like really. Pe- I like peeking good. and saw like highlight clips to other things, but that that was mostly what I watched. Okay, good. We don't have to talk about CFSC or something like that then. Good, good. Good to hear. No, I, I, um, think, I, I think I checked in and saw highlights of CFSC, but nothing like stuck out as being super important or like necessary to talk about. All right, so we got 
this week, we've got uh, UFC and ESPN, even though it's on ESPN 2. They're calling UFC and ESPN. Cannoneer versus Gastelum, which was originally supposed to be what? Costa versus Cannoneer? Uh, it says I believe here, so, then, which, is, which is really yeah. funny to me because he dropped out of the fight saying he was sick or couldn't fight. And he's, if I'm not mistaken, already booked again? Yeah, but no. He's fighting Marvin, Marvin Vittori, but it's late. Yeah. But, like, he's yeah. already booked. So he, he, also, he also claimed it was contract issues, so who knows with that guy. He's yeah, a head he's, case. So. He's nutty as hell. <laughs> so it's good. Him, him, and, him and Vittori is going to be the two crazy, angry, nutty guys going out to each other. That'll be interesting. The lead-up so. to that is probably going to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So we got Cannonier versus uh, – Gaslam's turning into, like – he's the short-notice guy, eh? He's always uh, – Seems to be on call to step into these fights. So that's an interesting middleweight main event. Now that Gaslam has um, kind of righted his ship. This is Cannonier's – this is his first – this is probably his first headlining slot, isn't it? I don't remember his name. No, he, he, he headlined and knocked out Jack Hermanson. Oh, right, Hermanson. He just did that two fights ago, and then he lost to Robert Whittaker. No shame in that. But, yes, that's true. So we got that. Uh, we got the amazing Clay Guida, Mark, Mat- Mark O. Madsen. Um, Co-main event, which it'll be a fine fight. I'm just saying that's that's a co-main event. So we got Chunky Boys, Chase Sherman, and Peter Parker Porter, which will be fun. Ch- I don't uh, think Chase Sherman's a chunky guy. No, though. Ch- Chase Peter Sherman's Parker pretty. Chunky yeah, yeah. Yes. Peter Parker Porter is pretty big. <laughs> Peter Parker. Uh, it's Peter Parker Porter. Come on. Um, what else is good? Vink Pichel and Austin Hubbard. That's fun. Panto J is back versus Brandon Royval. That'll be good in flyweight. So yeah, there's some interesting fights, but it's pretty much another one of those low key. Royval Pantoja should be the co-main event. Yeah, yeah, that's like, pretty much a number one contender fight, more than or very close to it. Yeah, it, it, it's either the rematch or one of those guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they they don't have much faith in flyweight, so so there you go. That's uh, that's the way it goes. So. Um, is there a fight that jumps off here? Is there a people's main event in your eyes? Pantoja Royval is going to be insane. Yeah, those two are yeah. so fun to watch striking, and both of them are phenomenal grapplers too. Like Pantoja yeah. shoots a lot of takedowns. Royval likes when people shoot takedowns on him because he just snatches up necks and stuff like that. Um, Royval's weird as hell on the feet, and Pantoja's like probably a little bit more technical. That one's going to be really fun, and I'll also say. Uh, Trevin Jones is stepping up on short notice to fight Mana Martinez, who's finally um, making his debut. I'm pretty sure he's had a couple of debuts canceled. He was supposed to be on Dana White's looking for a fight, and then that got canceled. And, like, he had a whole bunch of fights drop off there. He was on Contender Series and lost, but in, like, a very weird way. Um, But he's, like, really exciting to watch. He's, If I'm not mistaken, he's finished every single one of his fights in the first or second round. He's never seen a third round. Uh, and Trevin Jones is, I mean, he's been like a revelation since coming to the UFC. He beat Timor Valiev and Mario Batista, both by knocking him out. So um, that one should be violent and really fun for however long it lasts. There you go. And there's plenty of names for me to, to stumble over, too, on this card. I can't, I see I can't wait. I'm pretty sure you've already <laughs> slaughtered Sasha Platnikov in the past. Platnikov's not very hard, though. I can say Platnikov. It's more Ignacio Bahamodes. I can say that. You uh, got that one right. How about who's R- fighting? R- Ramiz Brahamaj. Close. Brahimai. Brahimai. Antonio Braga Nito. Abdul Razak Hassan. There's a lot of fun names. but Yeah. I can say, oh, and maybe you say Pantoja correctly, so that's already yeah. a step. Yeah, 
Alejandra Pancho, Pantoja. Uh, also, Alesha- like, Alessandre. Oh, that's right. It's Chandra. Whatever. <laughs> that's it. We're ending. Juicy Jeff says this is the end of the show. Uh, enough. Uh, I'm not taking this abuse anymore. That's why I say I'm going to do this on my own from now on. Um, thank you for listening, episode 64. Anything else you wanted to say before I I sign us off here, Dan? No, you you got me to be able to correct your pronunciation once, so I got, <laughs> I got what I needed. <laughs> All right, fine. I'm going on vacation again soon, everyone. You just wait. We'll see if I come back or not. Uh, but thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, make sure you, like I said, subscribe to our feed. Uh, read our stuff, sportscapitpodcast.com. Dan's chipping in on some of the football previews. Uh, he's got a, uh, he does every Sunday night. He does Sunday night baseball, uh, DraftKings slash DFS thing, which they're actually every week you've been pretty successful on that, have you not? Uh, two, two for two right now. Uh, nice. right, and, and as we speak, uh, the Dodgers are beating the hell out of the Mets. Doesn't quite have my lineup high enough yet, although Max Muncy just did go yard um, to make it six nothing Dodgers in the second. Um, wow! So uh, that's and I'm I'm pretty sure my my lineup was just loaded with Dodgers because the Mets. Well, I think it was all Dodgers. The maybe. Mets yeah. the Mets lineup is so bad. Yes. So anyhow, Dan's going to be um, retiring soon to a private island off all of his uh, DraftKings wins uh, based on his Sunday night stuff. So. Um, you can read all that stuff. You can read all our MMA exclusive stuff over at the site I run and Dan writes for MMA-manifesto.com. So make sure you do that. Um, download the SGPN app. Like I said, follow us on Twitter. If you like, I would be Jeff Fox writer. He would be Gumby Vreeland. Maybe I should change my handle to juicy Jeff. I wonder if, <laughs> I wonder if that's taken. Probably, it, yeah. it feels like sure. it would be taken. <laughs> yeah. Of course I have to check now. Yeah. I was just about to juicy, check too. <laughs> juicy Jeff. The real Juicy J is on there. Juicy underscore Jeff. Juicy I got Juicy Jeff. I got Juicy Jeff forty five. No, yeah, the Juicy like the, Juicy Jeffrey. Hmm. Oh, Juicy Jeff's already taken. It's Jeff Horton. He has two oh, followers. How dare you, Jeff Horton? Two you, followers. I totally can. Be, I can totally beat him up with my army of whatever I have now. Nine hundred, almost. I think somewhere around there. Subscribe. I, I want it to be higher. Um. I don't know how juicy Jeff, I don't know how professional that would be even on Twitter though. So maybe a better pass on that. Um, I think we told you enough. We're going to be back in a couple of days. Anyhow, right? Wednesday, we're going to we'll talk to you again about that. Cannoneer Gastelum card. Uh, I'm going to let Dan take you home because I took you home last week. I want to see if he has anything smart to say. Hopefully he slips up so I can correct him after he says bye. So let's see. I'm Dan. You're going to be really He is juicy Jeff Fox and we will catch you on Wednesday.